Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. I'm Kat and I do marketing for Avery Hill Publishing. In this episode, I'm talking to Shanti Rai about her book Senan, which has just come out. Senan is just one of several great books that we've published this year. Head over to averyhillpublishing.com for more information. They're also available from all good book and comic shops and digital editions of our books can be found on our Gumroad store. And now here's my chat with Shanti. I'm here with Shanti Rai, whose book Senan just come out with Avery Hill. Um, thank you for agreeing to, yay! <laughs> Thanks for agreeing to talk to me. Um, Thanks for having me. I was just, I was thinking about the, you did an Instagram takeover for Avery Hill, where you talked a bit about, about your process making the book. And I was really interested to hear that it's a story that you'd had in mind for about 14 years. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And Literally that, half of my life. Yeah. Wow. And that you had been considering doing it as a novel um mm. you talk a bit about that how it ended up turning into a graphic novel and sort of what the process was like of changing the the sort of format that it was going to be yeah so I think for me the way that most of my stories and things start is by me just daydreaming um because I can't ever just have a moment of peace I need to be <laughs> you know always thinking about something imagining something and um so I tend to create these worlds with characters in and then they're kind of just in my head until I write down what's going on. And so the one with Senan, like I when I was 14, that's when I started thinking about her and the world that wow. she was in. Yeah. And then I did the thing when I was, I think, 18 or 19, where you're supposed to write a novel in a month, like the NaNoWriMo thing. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So that was like the one idea that I thought oh I could just write this then and um but this was back in the day you know like when you're young and motivated and (laughs) (laughs) and you can actually do things in in a month um and so I just wrote down everything that was in my head um and then I kind of parked it because now it was out of my head and onto paper so it kind of felt like okay that's closed now I never was going to do anything with it I was just going to leave it and it was enough for me that I had written it down somewhere and I could start imagining something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started making comics and getting into them, I was just thinking that that story in particular might be quite nice in a graphic novel format, mm-hmm. um, just because of the way that you see the world. Um, and kind of, I had in mind from the beginning the kind of reveal at the end when they're standing looking out onto the sea. And I just thought, yeah, this might be a good one. And it wasn't it wasn't too difficult to convert, actually, because there was a lot of filler in the novel, I won't lie to you. <laughs> so I just picked out the main points and it was um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was because I was gonna say a cutting you have to kind of be so economical with comics and mm. you you have to have such a small word count that it must have been quite hard to cut it down from a novel length but, mm. but there was loads of filler maybe it wasn't so yeah <laughs> or I think the whole thing like with her best friend at the beginning with Nance in the novel that was like chapters and chapters full of them and their friendship and establishing like all sorts of things and I just thought I can't I don't have the the, the page space to be able to do this but, so, but yeah. it's, almost, it's almost kind of what I love about comics is that you realise how little you need to tell a story almost. It kind of forces you into being really uh, careful about what you decide to say and show and things. Um, yeah. And 
and almost in a way I can imagine because as you say it is quite a sort of cinematic story like it has all these visual things to it that I suppose in a novel you would have to describe a lot of this mm. like what places look like and things whereas in comics you can just kind of show it in one in a few images or whatever yeah exactly like a picture does speak a thousand words truly yeah. I think if you, if you took away all the pictures it was just the dialogue of Senen it would be nothing <laughs> but when you when you put when you put there's some pages that don't have any words at all but you can kind of you know what's happening because you just look at the at the images mm yeah yeah it's very easier I like it as well because it's more open to interpretation mm. um with a novel you're kind of told a lot more and so you don't really get a chance to use your imagination that much that's interesting yeah I think that's true um I quite like having things that are a bit open-ended in my stories where I just want to see how people interpret it um, yeah that's yeah. Fun thing, I think yeah I mean, I I find that the world of Senen is really kind of immersive. Um, so I think you've done a brilliant job of creating the, the world. And I think one partly I was trying to I was looking through it, trying to think <laughs> what it is that I think so effective. I love the way that you use sound um, to kind of because that makes you feel like you're in the world as well. You're kind of hearing what the characters are hearing and things. Um, and also the little small panels that you do that just show little details, like you might have a wider scene and then a small little round panel that just shows a really close up detail. And I think it all just kind of really brings you into the scene. Um, think, that's something you were kind of trying to achieve. I think the way that I do panels and stuff is very much through my kind of ADHD brain <laughs> lens, because I kind of won't focus on just one thing when I'm sat in a room somewhere. I will my attention will snap between what someone's saying and like a tap dripping in the background and like a car outside it's going ping 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 all the time and so when I'm writing a comic and I'm putting the panels in I'm trying to put in all those little pinging details that I would be noticing if I was there mm. um, and it helps kind of build an atmosphere and environment I think because you know oh ping <laughs> <laughs> because you're just you don't exist in a vacuum do you like there are so many things going on all the time and maybe because I find it so hard to focus on one thing at a time all of my characters are like that too I don't know if that makes sense uh, yeah no I think that's really interesting um because you d yeah you don't experience the world kind of focusing on one single thing at a time you're always aware of multiple things um and it's really interesting to kind of see that the way you've captured that um do you have any particular kind of visual inspirations for your comics work? Like, are, are there any other creators who do this kind of thing well, do you think? Oh, so many. I mean, I think, I mean, your comics are amazing. I love them. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but I think I've always just grown up with, with like, Chris Ware is someone who I really, really admire. And I think he does that phenomenally. Like, he builds an absolute picture of everything and then kind of zooms in on the different characters and stuff um and then I guess I don't know it's one that it's the thing of where I'm like, <laughs> like trying to think but um yeah I think Chris Burt is definitely I used to read a lot of his stuff when I first started creating comics for myself um so probably him <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> I'm always just I'm really amazed when I see 
people's work and and they've just done things visually that I would never think of like having just stuff that's as simple as like having round panels and things I don't mm. know if you've read um, Mimi and the Wolves Alabaster Piso who that's um that's another Avery Hill book and mm. it kind of um it's probably in the same sort of realm as your work um and she does things like that with these beautiful layouts where a panel be like just a big circular one with stuff happening around the edges. And I'm always just thinking, why am I just using rectangular panels? I need yes, to do No, whatever works for your stories, you know? Yeah. I think um, sometimes a panel can really help with a mood and things like that, a panel shape. Um, and sometimes it can be distracting. Yeah. So it really depends on what, what you're trying to tell on that on that page what particular story you're telling I think that's right I was I was had a chat with Dave about your book when um when it was about to come out and I was saying that I really loved that one panel the whisper panel <laughs> where it's like a crowd yeah. and everyone's whispering <laughs> um and he I was saying that on my first reading of the book I kind of didn't notice all these really cool like playful visual things that you had done because I was sort of engrossed in the story but then when I read it again I kept finding these really cool little details and and he said just what you were saying that that the way you've done it is just right where it's not obtrusive and kind of distracting as you're reading the story but it just adds it adds things that you almost kind of don't notice but are really cool <laughs> I don't know about it, but... <laughs> thank you um, it was balanced in the end it was just whatever I'm feeling <laughs> it's good to know that I wasn't just going over the top on every single page but yeah uh, there's just really fun like there's a page where there's a bit of pipe that just comes down across the page from a building or whatever and it breaks up some of the panels and things like that are just so fun when you're when you're kind of admiring the artwork <laughs> oh. I love the the way you've you've colored it as well do you have a particular approach to using color or do you just kind of go with what you like the colors that you like it I mean it depends it's kind of there's two prongs to it the, the like main one is colors that I like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do something I don't find visually pleasing but then also there is like an aspect of um storytelling to the color so at the beginning when Senna's kind of in the valley um because the setting for me is like in the future and it's like uh, however long in the future they don't have endless resources in the way that we do now where you're making new things all the time so I wanted all the clothes to be kind of like natural like they'd been dyed naturally and recycled a million times and I wanted all the colors to feel kind of natural and um I took a lot of inspiration from kind of folk dress and and old uh illustrations and things like that so that color was chosen for that reason and then as you kind of go into the future you get slightly different shades that are a bit more synthetic mm. um so there's an aspect of storytelling to it as well but ultimately it's about pleasing my eyes <laughs> yeah yeah and there's there's sort of so much in the story that it touches on kind of this whole world of like faith and religion and socio-political economic structures and all sorts um I just wondered what what got you interested in that um and I think and also the the mythology stuff because I think in your in your Instagram takeover you were talking about um that quite a lot the European folk tales and things 
is this mm. all just stuff that you've always been interested in or have, have you had sort of particular experiences that have made you interested in these things I think yeah I've always been interested in religion particularly because and probably from about the age I started thinking about it in about you know 13 14 um because my dad's Bengali and his side of the family is Hindu my mum's white and her side of the family is Christian and my granddad is a vicar on my mum's side and then I've grown up in in East London with like a lot of friends who are like Muslim or Jewish or you know Roman Catholic or whatever all these different types of religions that have such importance in people's lives to the point where you know the, the war of independence in for Bangladesh in 72 um was religion based you know it was about it was Hindus fighting Muslims and stuff like that so that's always been such a huge part of my life being like how are people living by like well how are people giving so much importance to this thing that I don't really understand mm. and because I was kind of raised with everything I was always kind of told by my parents you know you go and discover things and you figure out what you want to believe in um I think for me a lot of my growing up and coming of age was realizing that um there's all these different religions and how they fit in with each other and I was always fascinated by all the different mythologies as well because they're fun a lot of religions are really fun they have like really fun stories like Hinduism has some great stories some of the bible stories are real you know rompers um and so that's something that I've always had in my mind I've had lots of debates like my family love having debates so we have all sorts of debates about religion and things like that um so yeah I've always thought about that and then just growing up I've always been interested in mythology I think maybe a part of it is because Hinduism is like a multi-deity religion mm. and I love looking up like Greek mythology and Norse mythology and all these different gods for different things um it's always fascinated me and been quite fun and interesting um and even though I don't personally believe in it I still you know do all the Hindu festivals and that where you pray to this god or pray to that god because for me it's just so fascinating and so fun and yeah then when I went to uni I uh specifically was looking into different folklore and religion from around the world and how we all have the same stories at their base you know base level like every human has the same stories regardless of which country you're in which religion which culture it all boils down to the same thing which I suppose makes sense because we're all descended from the same people you know we all come from Ethiopia ultimately yeah. so the people who are telling stories in Ethiopia as we split into our different factions and spread out across the globe those stories kind of stayed with us everywhere and I find that really fascinating and really comforting but I also just love the the slight uh cultural differences in all the different tellings of things um so yeah that's always something I'm going to want to explore for sure yeah I I can see how that's fed into this book for sure and the and the character of Senan herself um one thing I always found really fascinating being um one of my books was about Mexico and spending lots of time there was the way that the kind of current religious and um, cultural stuff comes from two completely separate cultures that kind of clashed during the conquest so you've got stuff that's come from Spain and stuff that was pre-existing um pre-Columbian culture and religion and it's all kind of emerged into this whole new interesting thing that's retained elements of both although the Spanish stuff kind of did its best to take over <laughs> um, 
so that is really interesting it's like a whole different branch of Catholicism that's quite that's got these other ancient elements woven into it um mm. yeah, it's really interesting stuff um I was just watching a documentary yesterday I think it's it's like a Sue Perkins thing on Netflix where she goes to Latin America oh, and I travels around. I've seen so that. she went to Mexico in the one I saw yesterday oh, <laughs> and right. she, she did like yeah great there was one and it was exactly what you said they went to this place where they preserved a body um like skeletal remains as like the virgin mary i guess and they're doing kind of half really traditional ancient like mayan rituals mm. and then half catholic stuff yeah it's quite... that it was really fascinating yeah yeah it's really interesting um I used to love when I was younger I used to love Greek mythology as well I I grew up in kind of a non-religious household but going to kind of Christian schools and stuff um but also knowing growing up in London you are around people from every culture and background as you said so yeah yeah um but I always loved that idea of like the multi-deity religions where like the Greek ones where there's just so many crazy characters and they're so badly behaved in Greek mythology as well like the gods are really are really kind of it's fascinating that that varies a bit from from religion to religion as well um so what did you study at university I wasn't sure whether you had studied art or I don't know anthropology or something <laughs> no I studied illustration actually um yeah but I've always been interested in like anthropological things like my mom did anthropology which probably helps because I grew up with kind of I had all of these um, anthropological books basically that she'd given me pre-internet because we're old <laughs> <laughs> I had all these like um books they were called like something in me books they would be like kids from around the world okay. and the cultures and the way that they um live and their religions and things and that's kind of what I probably put it. so it makes sense why that kind of feeds in but yeah illustration was what I went for <laughs> I do sometimes think about that with because I grew up you know pre-internet as well um and I can't imagine trying to make comics not having the internet because I get so much reference material and research and stuff and it's just at your fingertips you can kind of find image reference for pretty much anything and in the yeah. old you would have had to go to a library and search for particular books on <laughs> different subjects yeah yeah. I do remember that going to the library for everything yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well it's great now but also with having just a camera in your hand all the time if you yeah. need like a reference of someone pulling your face you just take a selfie I take lots of photos of my hands holding things because yeah me too <laughs> Yeah, I remember my mum was, um, she got quite interested in children's illustration for a while and she lent me this book that she had, which was just like photo reference. It was this massive book of photo reference of people in different poses and things. And you could kind of, and it was just like, it was kind of nightmarish. It was like, I think if you tried to draw a comic based on these really stiff poses, it would just look cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's much easier to take your own pictures and things. And yeah, you can find a surprising amount by Googling the right terms, you know, on Google image for kind of I've, person walking down corridor. Yeah, I have a crazy history of just Google terms, <laughs> but also I had um, a lot of help from my, one of my best friends and my brother. Um, I would just be like, okay, go out to the garden and like crouch down and see what someone crouching on a bench looks like and stuff like that. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and so you before Sanon, you had done some other um other comic projects um could you talk a bit about those um I think there's Persephone is that one of them yeah so oh, I literally not like I'm prepared but <laughs> I do have a couple here um so I think the first one I did pre going to uni when I just kind of started drawing was this one called Daydreams and it was kind of like about my life as an agoraphobic basically because wow. um, I used to be agoraphobic and I didn't leave my house for a year wow. um, yeah and so I just didn't all I did was stay inside listen to the radio and practice drawing because wow. I didn't actually know how to draw before I was 18 I guess and then in this year of agoraphobia I was like well if I'm stuck inside I should probably learn a skill um, <laughs> I was like comics the way to go that's the one that I started with it was very you know personal thing and then yeah when I was at uni um I did Persephone which I suppose I've always been fascinated with mythology as I said um but it's it's very a lot of the tellings of them obviously is very patriarchal <laughs> you know and you always wonder like some of the stories are horrible for women um and they're just told in this kind of very matter-of-fact way but I was just wanting to you know think about the way that Persephone would feel about her situation <laughs> the fact that she's only allowed to like stay above ground for six months of the year and then she has to go back every um like every winter back to her prison basically so mm. Persephone is just about the journey that she makes like having to like go back to this place where she's not very happy um yeah and then I yeah my thesis comic after that was Co which was a kind of me trying to tell um, a new folk tale kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I looked up lots of creation myths and I made a new but not new creation myth, which was a kind of combination of all these different types of things where the sun and the moon and the earth were all born from eggs. And, wow. <laughs> and yeah, and they're all like snake eggs and stuff because snakes and eggs and mothers are like common themes in creation myths obviously mm -hmm. um and yeah so that was kind of what that was about and exploring a bit about loss and family and things like that in the way that I explore those things in Senon as well and yeah. those those got reviewed on Broken Frontier didn't they um yeah did that were you one of the uh, creators to watch from Andy yeah yeah post-graduation yeah it was really it was really fab actually I think I got I only got connected to Avery Hill because of um the Broken Frontier six to watch thing yeah so that was a really great moment for me I was like very thankful to Andy Oliver um oh, it's such a great yeah. thing that he does um I mean yeah. he works he works so hard to just kind of bring creators to people's attention so yeah I'm forever grateful. Little little um thank you in the back of Senin for him. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> otherwise cool. it wouldn't exist. And so how did how did Avery Hill end up getting in touch? Did they just um email you or find mm. you? Yeah, so I think I think Dave emailed me and just was like, saw you on Broken Frontier. If you were interested in pitching something, pitch. <laughs> and so I came up with um the kind of character design to the story that I already had. Um, and put in a few bullet points of the, the what the script would be and it did evolve a bit from there but it's pretty much what was in the pitch wow. which yeah, like 
it's surprising for me as well because I usually like morph and change throughout <laughs> but I actually stuck to an idea for once um so yeah brilliant um I wondered if I don't know if you if you're happy talking about this but um I know that you you have some health issues with um fibromyalgia as well um and that must kind of affect um how you're able to work on comics because comics are really really hard like really demanding work um I, I don't know if you're happy talking about that yeah of course I mean yeah so I when I first got that email from Avery Hill I hadn't been diagnosed with anything yet God. Yeah, so I left uni and I was I was a bit tired because what fibromyalgia is is like chronic fatigue, chronic pain and a whole bunch of other horrible symptoms. But those are the main two ones. So I, I was a bit tired and I was having, you know, slightly more headaches than normal, but I wasn't, you know, anywhere near like what I am now. And and I had no idea what was coming. So after I kind of signed up to do Senin, <laughs> it was then that things started to go downhill. Um, I think originally the project was supposed to be completed in like nine months and it ended up taking four years. Um, yeah, because it is, you know, even sitting at de a desk right now, like me sitting here right now is painful. It's very, very painful. Like on every part of your body, it's painful. So when you're sitting and writing a comic and drawing a comic, sitting at a desk, holding a pen, you know, moving your wrist, those are all things that I could only do for like 10, 15 minutes maximum in a day sometimes in a week you know and so you there's really like a limit to what you can do especially when you're um it takes such a long time to finish a page when you're going over things and you're changing things and things like that you don't realize how quickly 15 minutes goes past yeah, um, yeah so that's been something that's been difficult and for me I think Senin is a triumph because of that mm. because I genuinely didn't know if I'd be able to get it done as my health has kind of deteriorated and con will continue to deteriorate so I'm like very proud of myself for finishing it um but yeah it's it's been a very hard ride I think I'm just so grateful to Avery Hill for sticking with me because um because it's taken so long and there was a couple of false starts and there were times where I was just rushing to get pages done because I wanted to get out but um they weren't a good quality because <laughs> I was just uh, doing it as quickly as I could so that I could go back to bed and and not wreck my body too much. But yeah, that's really tricky. I've had people occasionally ask me at comics events and things and they just say, how how do you find the time to do this? And, you know, they've said that, you know, they want to make a comic, but they just don't have the time or the energy. And if mm -hmm. you work full-time or have kids whatever whatever it might be or have whatever health um, issues it can be so hard yeah I think it just if you can if I don't know the only thing I can think to say is if you just try and make small progress and keep it going because I, I find if I leave a project for ages I find it really hard to go back to so yeah. I just try like if you do like even a half a page or something and then another half a page in a couple of days or whatever it just keeps it feeling like it's something that you're actually <laughs> working on what I found really useful when I was like bed bound because I couldn't um like text or you know use my body in any way but I could put my phone on my chest and just talk into it mm -hmm. and so I just talk like dialogue mm -hmm. with and someone else and then it kind of puts me in the mindset of the character I can still feel like I'm immersed in the story even if I can't physically do anything and then when I was feeling a bit healthier, 
I could replay that back and be like, oh yeah, that was a good idea. Maybe I'll put that down now that I can. That's, so, yeah. that's really great because they they tell you to kind of speak your your dialogue when you're writing aloud anyway to see if it sounds kind of natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah. downside is that I'm quite a sarky person. And so as a result, Selin's quite sarky because it's just me talking. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I suppose that's the character. It sort of fits, the, it fits the story and the character. So. It uh, works out. Is there anything that you're, you're thinking of working on next or already working on as a next project? Yeah, so I've got two things right now. I'm kind of going between them trying to figure out which one I want to focus on more. But I've had this story for about eight years which is called sometimes cafe and it's a story about grief and magic um in combination but the whole script for that is done I just need to draw it um and then I also really want to do a comic about fibromyalgia and my experience with chronic illness generally because I find that a lot of people don't really understand it Mm. and don't really understand the symptoms and things like that because when people see me I'm I look fine (laughs) yeah um and so yeah I think it would be a good thing um to be able to kind of share my experience with that so those are the two things I'm working on who knows it might be another four years till anyone sees me again (laughs) (laughs) I mean that sort of thing can be really helpful to other people as well to just be able to say you know if they have the same condition to be able to show the book to someone and say look this is what what it is my aunt has it too well she has ME ME and fibromyalgia like are very very similar um and for her like before I was diagnosed I never really understood her and what she was going through and it's only now that I've experienced it and I'm like whoa and I think so for people like her it will be really useful to be able to just hand out something to their friends and be like this is what this is like yeah. um, in a way that is really hard to put into words so maybe you know if I can do that in comic form that might be a good thing but yeah those are the next two steps for me excellent well um I'm really impressed with the book and that you, you know, you've, you've made it despite having some stuff to deal with. Um, and I think everyone should read it. <laughs> are, your, are your earlier zines, are they all available to buy as well somewhere? Yeah, I have an Etsy shop, which is linked on my website, which is shantirai.co.uk. Okay. Um, or if you just Google me it'll probably pop up somewhere so yeah they're available to buy somewhere cool. um yeah um and your uh shanty draws I think on social media aren't you yeah okay so well, on Instagram, I probably do have a twitter but I've not touched it in a decade so <laughs> that's, that's quite understandable <laughs> right <laughs> well thank you very much for talking to me thank you and I look forward to seeing what what you do next thank you Thanks again to Shanti for talking to me and thank you for listening.